This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you. All right, Smalls, you have a challenge here. You have a challenge here. All right? We got two pieces of sound, Aaron Rodgers related. You're going to be put on the spot as to try to explain what's going on with the Jets. Oh, what? Come on. Yep, yep. It's going to be on you. You're going to have to figure this out since nobody else can. Let's start with this. Aaron Rodgers from Pat McAfee giving a status update this week. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but the fact is I'm not. I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that. But I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery. And... Uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at uh, at 14 weeks. Okay, so makes sense. We think yep. Yep. Right, he's, he's not going to yep. play. Like, he's done, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, he's at this particular moment, he is not ready to play football. Okay, makes sense. So, you right. know, the guy who's been out 14 weeks, who's not ready to play football, obviously then has his coach saying this yesterday, Robert Sala. We're still going to keep him on the active. You know, we've got the roster flexibility with all the different things that have happened over the course of the last couple of weeks. You know, like I said, it's all part of his rehab. And, you know, just having him out on the football field is, is a plus for everybody. It's a plus for him. It's a plus for his teammates. And uh, so we're, we're going to keep him on the 53. It's all part of his the rehab. So there would be days when he's out there, there. There's days when he's not. And like I said, we, we just have the roster flexibility. Otherwise, it, we probably wouldn't be able to afford to do this. He's not, he's not playing. Hmm. Smalls? The guy who's out, who's not going to play, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. it's good to have him around the team and practicing, even though when he's been around the team they haven't won anything, now needs to be active for the rest of the season, but he's not playing. Go ahead. Floor is yours. I'm, I'm an Owen guy. I have big Owen energy, so I can't really comment on this. You're more You're of right. a Chris kind of guy. You're right. You're right. Big Owen energy does not translate to Aaron Rodgers. He's definitely got more Chris energy. But if I had to decipher those comments made by Rob Sala or maybe put my own spin on it. I think when he says it's part of Aaron Rodgers rehab, him being out there, I think this is part of the New York Jets rehab. I think after he went down, this team spun out into such disarray that they need to start putting the pieces back together. And because they have built this around him and they have outsourced their leadership and their culture to him, they need him there every step of the way to try and put it back together. I think this is not just a rehab of his Achilles. I think it is a rehab of the New York Jets. Okay, fair. That's a good translation, right? I'll take that. Thank now you. let me ask this, though. I don't know, Zach Wilson concussion protocol. If Aaron Rodgers is not an inactive on Sunday, you know, an hour, hour and a half before games, when we all sit there and we're wondering who the inactives are because we think it's going to affect our ESPN bets and our ESPN fantasy teams, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, we do. That, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, Rodgers, looking down the list, okay, there's some backup offensive linemen we've never heard of. There's the extra punter we've never heard of. Hmm, I don't see uh, Aaron Rodgers' name on there. Now he's active, and we got Trevor Simeon, and we got Brett Rippon as, as the quarterbacks there, and, Oh, my God, God forbid both of them get hurt. Huh, we need an emergency quarterback. Anybody available? Then what happens? Does then he what happens? play? Does he play? There's a I gray area, is there not? Yes, but isn't that Aaron Rodgers? There's always a gray area. This is what he does, is he loves to leave things open for discussion and open for interpretation. This is the same thing as I'm going to go into the darkness and find out if I'm going to come back and play again this year. 
Isn't that the same thing? It's always some sort of gray area with him, and that keeps him at the forefront of our discussions and our consciousness. So I think it's twofold. I think that he's dictating this, and he likes to be part of the conversation, and I think that the Jets genuinely need him around because he is their culture. Like, without him, this is a disaster. And so they need With him, him to- it's a disaster, Smalls. This has been a circus all year. But- him playing might be a different story. Him actually playing on Sundays or Thursdays or Monday is hopefully, that's how they're viewing it, a different story. Okay, but when you and I came into the studios on Wednesday here at ESPN West Palm and you're at 101 ESPN in St. Louis, when we came here together on Wednesday morning and we did our show on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance, we sat here and we basically put the chances of Aaron Rodgers playing the rest of the season at 0%, right? No, I thought he would play. No, no, I'm saying, remember, his interview was with, with McAfee was on Tuesday. Oh, on Wednesday. So I'm saying yes, on Wednesday. Me. On yes. Wednesday, yes. So yes the day after the McAfee, sorry, I should have said Thank you. The day after the McAfee interview, we came in here and we said a, basically a 0% chance of him playing the rest of the season, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, now what's the percentages of him playing this season? 12. I mean, we have to put them at 12 just because of his old number. We no, have to put them like at less at than more, 25. But, but it's more than zero. It's more than zero, but less than than 25. If they don't make him inactive on Sunday, then there is a chance, hypothetically, that he's going to play. And if one of those two quarterbacks stinks and the other one gets hurt, uh, this is assuming Zach Wilson is out with concussion protocol, then if Aaron Rodgers goes up to Robert Sala, the head coach, says, Coach, I got this. Like, let's just just put me in. Is Robert Sala going to say no? No. You better make him inactive every Sunday. You better make him inactive every single Sunday because he's on the active roster because he wants you know, to be around the team and to practice, which still provides opportunity, by the way, to get hurt. In addition, as Damian Woody has pointed out to us, ESPN NFL analyst earlier today on our show, go back and listen to the podcast, he hasn't impacted winning by being around the team. Like, What is he actually positively impacting right now? You know, now that we're talking this out, Evan, I think I want to raise my percentage, if that's permissible, because... With him, you really have to read the tea leaves. You really have to try to decipher what he's saying. And even though he spoke to our Pat McAfee and said, I'm not 100%, I'm not there yet. He's been saying all season long that he wants to come back and he wants to play. That's right. So so which one am I supposed to believe more? Because you've said now two different things. And when have the New York Jets not given Aaron Rodgers what he wants? They've given him what he wants at every single juncture. So I could absolutely see it being final game of the season or some scenario in which he deems himself ready or he wants to go out there to prove that he did it and they give him the green light. Or rather, he gives himself the green light and they stand by and watch. Right. Let's talk about the technical aspect of this, small. So basically, they opened up that 21-day window. 21. And 21. They, they had to activate him by Wednesday. Like, meaning uh, yesterday is when they had to activate him. That, that was the last day of the 21 21- Day window. So we thought they weren't going to activate him. They activate him. He says on Tuesday with McAfee, I'm not 100% ready to go yet. So let's make it up and say he's 80% of the way ready to go. In two weeks, could he be 100%? In three weeks, could he be 100%? Like, could there be a point when the season is still ongoing that he could be 100% and then he says, all right, I want to play? Yes, absolutely. Even though Salah said you're not playing. Who do you think is going to win that battle? We know who's going to win that battle. Aaron Rodgers. I, I just don't understand. I, I just do not understand this. Why are you even providing that sliver? I mean, they better make him inactive every single Sunday. 
They better do that because if not, there's a major, major problem there. But that's why I have to default back to what he said prior to saying I'm not 100% because their actions and their words aren't really syncing up. If it was just a wash, the season is a wash, he is not going to play, then why would you not just go ahead and make him inactive? Why ah. Why would you have this lingering? Mm. So it, it's left us no choice other than to interpret it this way. Excellent point. Because I think about my favorite podcast, Hoop Collective, Brian Winhorst, Tim Bontemps, Tim McMahon. And they always say on that podcast, on the ESPN app, we don't believe in words on this podcast. We believe in actions. Let's wait till we see people's actions. The words of the Jets, he's not playing. The words of Rodgers, I'm not 100% ready to go yet. The actions are, he's playing. Like, not playing means on the IR. Not playing means we are going to place somebody on injured reserve for four games, and there are three games left. They are literally ineligible to play football. That if that person that is on the IR, all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson is on the IR. He is ineligible to play football. If all of a sudden on Sunday, the Browns and the Texans, we see number four running out on the field, the Browns are basically going to be shut down as a franchise by the NFL. That is literally illegal within the sport. Not in real life, but illegal within the sport. Actions over words. The the words of Rodgers and the Jets, he's not playing. The actions aren't. He's technically eligible to play the rest of the season. Why? Why? It makes no sense at all. But when is the last time that we've seen a situation involving Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets make sense? Acquiring him? Like when they traded for him. Him running out of the tunnel was pretty cool. American flag. That was really First night of the season. But, Pat, do you understand this? No. Well, they don't pay in the big bucks for no reason, guys. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing But I don't think we're supposed to understand it. I don't think Aaron Rodgers and wants us to understand it. But you know what I will say? When Rob Sala, when we listened to his comments there at the end when he says he's not playing, he sounds pretty definitive. His tone sounds definitive. So put him but on the his, IR. But I was going to say, he's but not the, playing. the actions don't feel like it's definitive. 888-SAY-ESPN, telephone number to be a part of the show. Let's talk with Dan in Ohio on ESPN 850, ESPN Cleveland. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Thank uh, you. Two things. Sorry, back to Brock Purdy. Yep. But uh, yards after catch. One, it's three components to make that successful. Ball placement, scheme, and talent. If you don't have the ball placement, which he does, you don't get the scheme to work, and you don't get the talent to be able to use their talent on the field. And the next thing is Tom Brady. What made him great? It wasn't he was the best quarterback, the most athletic quarterback, any of those things. He wouldn't have the strongest arm. He didn't have any of that. What he had was dedication, leadership, work ethic, commitment, and an unrelentlessness to want to win at all costs. Well, you see the same qualities in Brock Purdy, all of them. Every single one of them you see in Brock Purdy. And you can be the best quarterback on the field. I mean, people say that Josh Allen is is a better quarterback, right? He's a better athletic quarterback, and he is. But he doesn't make the best decisions. Decision-making is the number one component that makes a great quarterback. He has those capabilities to do so, and he's having that type of MVP season to keep him into that conversation and to make him the most valuable player because of the season he's having. We can't call him great for a long period of time until he does it 
over five, ten years. But that doesn't mean. That is a phenomenal call. Phenomenal call. I mean, the decision-making, the accuracy, he doesn't have the longevity. He does what is asked of him. He has qualities that are similar to those of great all-time quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Love it. He's not wrong. I disagree with the premise that Tom Brady wasn't the best quarterback, and the only reason he was good was because he had drive and determination, though. No, well, That's nonsense. Yeah, that, no, no, that, hold on. Yeah. But, but Pat, Pat, as a, as a Brady stan, he became that. Upon arrival, he is or was what that previous caller, Dan in Ohio, was saying. Right, he evolved into that, but early on, it was it was similar to what Purdy is currently doing: increased scores, lower mistakes. That's it. Like that's the job of the, of the quarterback: score as many points as possible and limit the mistakes. And three Super Bowls in five years. Well, yes. Trust me, I am not downgrading Tom Brady. I promise you that. That is not something that is happening. All right, coming up, we are in college football bowl season. Matt Barry is our buddy. He's calling the Boca Raton Bowl tonight, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl tonight between South Florida and Syracuse, and we've been hanging with him a bunch. He is one of these dudes like Jeff Darlington of ESPN that is very intense at charity golf outings. We will talk to Matt coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us, of course, here on ESPN Radio, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, ESPN App Series XM80, and watch us on ESPNU. Well, he's got, alongside Dan Mullen, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl tonight between South Florida and Syracuse, 8 o'clock Eastern Time on ESPN. And he's got a lot of us the last few days, Smalls. Uh, he is <laughs> Matt Barry joining us now on Unsportsmanlike. Barry, let me ask you this. You've played in a charity golf tournament the last few days for the uh, David A. Burke Foundation, a, a friend of mine who passed. Um, you're pretty intense. The most intense, quote-unquote, celebrity over the last few days at the golf tournament that you have played in is was who? Oh, that is a really good question. The most intense. Oh, I love this question. Look, Danny Cannell 
tries to bow up on everyone. You know, he does that like Opie Taylor smile <laughs> I'm the best guy ever, like to you. And then when he gets out there and you're not around, he tries to come at you pretty aggressive. So I'm gonna go Danny Cannell. Uh is it was the most intense, aggressive person going into it and then choking in the shootout when he missed the putt. So I found that that had good synergy towards the end of the tournament. Well, I would say Smalls and I saw at one point Darling, Jeff Darling, an ESPN NFL oh, yeah. reporter, oh, yeah. scream, let's go, like Brady. Like, I know he's had great sit-downs with Brady. Does that give you the permission, Matt, to scream, let's go, like <laughs> Brady on a golf course? No, because the sunglasses Darlington was wearing gives him permission to do nothing other than keep his mouth shut and go play golf. Like, he walked up in the sunglasses. I'm like, bro, like, I get it. We're kind of in South Florida. It's nice. You might be kind of a big deal in NFL circles, but, like, stop. Like, put the sunglasses away. They were one step away from blue blockers that you see in Boca Raton. Stop it. (laughs) Go away. You've lost all right to be intense with you wearing those on your face. All right, Matt, we know that Danny Canal was the most intense, but who was the most fun? Who is the person that you want to get paired with that you played with this weekend? You know, I saw, we were watching around. Vince Carter was in the group ahead of us. And first of all, to watch a human that size do what he did throughout his NFL or his NBA career, the way that he was able to just glide through the air and then watch him play golf in the same time, that'd be fun to watch. I had some good uh, run-ins with Santonio Holmes, nice. uh, who broke my heart as an Arizona Cardinals fan. I'd like to play with him just so I can beat him in for 18 holes to maybe get back some of the heartbreak that I endured as a, a Cardinals fan in the Super Bowl. And then the other one, Javon Kirsch, spent some time with him. His hands are so big, <laughs> it must look like he's holding a toothpick when he's holding a golf club. So I kind of just want to see how the freak gets around a golf course and give me, yeah, give me a foursome of Santonio Holmes, Javon Curse, Vince Carter, and me, and, and we'll have some fun and some stories to tell at the end of it. Well done. All right, let's get into some of the college football. You've been calling college football, of course, all year. The latest story, Matt, that's out there about Michigan getting the notice of alleged football violations here. Paint the picture. What's happening with Mich- Michigan and their head coach over the next few months? Like, is it winning a national championship and Harbaugh's back, winning a national championship and he's gone, not winning? Like, what's, hap- what's going to happen here with Michigan the next few months? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's two-part. It's, it's one of the more intriguing stories in our sport for a couple of reasons. One, look at all the teams that are in the playoff right now. Michigan's the one that's been there three consecutive years, yet they haven't been able to get past the semifinal hurdle. Now, just about everybody that was on last year's team is back, and you would think this would be the opportunity if they were going to get past the team in the semifinals, even though it's Alabama, which they clearly weren't thrilled with. But – this is the year that they've pointed to as the Jim Harbaugh year with everyone coming back to go play for a national championship. That's the football side of it. You guys are well aware of everything that's gone off the field. The suspension, the self-imposed suspension at the beginning of the season, the suspension towards the end of the season, all of the off-the-field stuff with the spy gate, the recruiting, everything in between. Administratively, for that coaching staff has not been good. For Michigan, it has not been good. You can't argue the product. And I'm really, I think for me, it is the most uh, intriguing story within the story just because there were reports yesterday that the Chargers were interested in pursuing Jim Harbaugh. We seem to do this song and dance with him every year, whether or not he's going to be back in college or he's going to the NFL. 
There was reportedly a contract extension out there that they were waiting to get done, but it had to have language in it that he wouldn't flirt with the NFL anymore. And so of all the soap operas that are out there in terms of who's the team we're seeing and the stability off the field, I think it's Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Because I'm one of those that believes that win or lose, if you look at where they are as a program and what they've done under Harbaugh since he's been there, he's elevated them to a top five to eight team every year in the country. And so it's built. Is it sustainable with everything that's about to go down from the NCAA? Is this a good exit time for Harbaugh to go back to the NFL and chase that elusive Super Bowl? Keep an eye on it because there's going to be a number of jobs open uh, after the NFL's regular season, and there are probably two or three you can point to and say that would be a good fit for Jim Harbaugh. Matt, arguably the biggest story surrounding the college football playoff is who was left out in Florida State. And there's reports out there that Florida State could start the process of leaving the ACC. So what do you think is the future for Florida State and the ACC? So, Michelle, here's here's what what I know covering college football. When we thought we were done with realignment for a little bit, the Pac-12 collapsed literally overnight. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 still, we felt we were done for a while, and then the conference that I grew up with would cease to exist the next day. And so this was the first step to get the Board of Trustees together. This was the first step in their attempt to eventually leave the ACC. And because of the noise that we had heard in the preseason about it, and now the noise that we're hearing right now about it, I think that it's only a matter of time before we get to a point where realignment's going to rear its ugly head again to eventually head to where, you know, we heard Chip Kelly talk about it earlier in the week. It's inevitable that at some point there's going to be 64 schools that break off from the NCAA and have their own football power league um, and do it on their own. This is where we're headed. We've seen so much over the past few years to just throw the college football map into an embarrassingly make no sense regional sport and so now with florida state because there was rumblings of it in the off season because of what happened in postseason and because of the board of trustees meeting scheduled for tomorrow that they're going to be aggressive about it and again it's only a matter of time before we again we see the next chip fall of the whole thing getting blown up Matt Barry will be on the call tonight. South Florida, Syracuse, RoofClaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. You see him doing play-by-play for college football and golf and studio hosts and sports center. He does it all, and he plays charity golf tournaments as well. Matt, thank you as always. We'll see you tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love this game tonight. Can't wait to see you guys. It's been fun mingling with the stars of ESPN Radio. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. There's Matt Barry joining us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive insurance yeah i think that we are it's interesting small the waves of college football like i think we're we're gonna have obviously the college football playoff and then it feels like there's gonna be another wave of the coaching cycle obviously with nfl coaches etc um and i think that in that scenario we're also going to see a lot of conversations like i like chip kelly had this week about the alignment of it or the realignment and nil like college football is like the nfl and it's year round it has free agency now it has coaching changes It, it has the the realignment philosophies It's awesome what is happening, I think, conversationally at least, with college football. Coming up, do you keep receipts? One NFL quarterback does. We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. That's Midwest Michelle, let me rephrase, as she is broadcasting live from 101 ESPN in St. Louis today, and I am here at ESPN West Palm in South Florida. Pat Javante and I, Pat and Javante producers of the show, we're certainly... Taken aback. Oh, there we go. Midwest Michelle with the arch on ESPNU right now. There she is. We were taken we were taken <laughs> aback when she told us during a break, we'll clue you in here behind the curtain a little bit. Oh, I love being here. I love these people. It's so great to see them. See my people. Yeah, my people. Pat, have you ever been called uh, her people? Yeah, by, uh, I don't think I, anyone I, No, not me. I don't think anyone on the show has been called her people before. Nope. Um, to borrow from our teammate Chris Canty, what's understood doesn't have to be said. You guys know you're that my we're people. That we're not. We're not no, your you people. No, you're my people. But these are just a, a different type of people. These We're from the same place. We share geography. We share history. The, we're, we're, these are my people on a different level. Like our Midwestern mentality and how we live our life and who we are as people, are very, we're all kind of in lockstep here. It's very different. Than being on the on the East Coast, which is what you guys. Well, not Javante. He's a Detroit guy, but he's a Michigan guy, so he understands. Javante, you know what I'm saying. When you go back to Michigan, it's just a different sense of these are my people. Mm, interesting. Yeah, you're doing, doing a great job of saving yourself. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pat, I take this as, if you think about it, we have done the show now in three different locations since we were fortunate enough to get started in September. We've done it in Connecticut, New York, and Florida. None of those people have been her people. That's what I've gathered, that none of the people in New York, wow. Connecticut, and Florida were considered Smalls as people. Now that she's back in the loo, she's now Wait, with her people. did you just call it the loo? He did. I'll allow uh, it. Now I'm going to get destroyed? I'll I can't call it. it the loo? Evan, you can. You can call it the loo. We would love okay. to have you come hang out. Call it the loo. I'm ready. What do are we people, doing? Do people call it the loo? Not if you live here. People okay. out, outsiders so no one call calls it the it that. Loo. No, it's people who are like, oh, let's say I ran into somebody from St. Louis in New York City. I wouldn't be like, I'll catch you back in the loo. I'm never going to say that. I'll say so Why it. did I just say that now that I think about it? Who said that? Nelly say that at some of point? Of course, Nelly said the okay. St. Lunatics. They all, they, it, that's a thing, the loo. But people here don't really say that. Sometimes you say things. Yeah, you don't even realize that it's like in your vocabulary. Like, I didn't know I had Pat the loo in me. But I guess it just came out. I didn't know that I, I – I'm just saying I didn't know that I, like, that I was going to call it the loo until it just came right out of my mouth there. Did you regret it as soon as you said it? Well, as soon as Pat brought it up, I did, obviously. <laughs> 
I wonder if maybe the Dolphins regret some of the things they've been saying. Ha, what a transition. Okay, Dolphins-Cowboys this weekend. This is the game where, you know, we heard it there in the audio coming back where, yeah, they both need this win, obviously, but they both need this win narrative-wise of like, okay, continuing to beat really good teams on the Cowboys' perspective, but more so for the Dolphins, they don't have a win against a really good team. And Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, uh, is aware of that narrative and had this to say about it. I instructed the players to anything other than concern yourself with the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys, and any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff, I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, <laughs> F off. With all due respect. Um, because all we're focused on is the Dallas Cowboys. He, in my mind, is so likable. He's like, awesome. That I feel like the way he, even the way he did that, he's like, all right, like, I can handle it. Like, you know, how many other coaches, smallest, and you've been around it, I've been around it, like, that could say that. And you're just like, oh, God, this is going to be a rough week. They're not going to be very nice about this. They're not going to be very happy about this week or whatever it is that you could sense the feistiness. Somehow he tells the media to bleep off in a way that, like, you laugh afterwards. Well, he did say, Evan, with all due respect. Of so course. I take that, that into yeah. <laughs> take yeah. that into account. But sometimes it's not what you say. It's how you say it. And even though Mike McDaniel said it in a great way, the tone was great, the delivery was great, everybody was laughing – You can't tell the media to F off because of this narrative surrounding your team when we're arriving at this opinion based on results and results alone. This is not a narrative. This is black and white. This is what you have in the wins column and what you have in the loss column and who you have in the win column and who you have in the loss column. This is not some manufactured narrative around your team. It's quite literally playing the results. So let's go through that, Smalls. Let's do it. The facts. Wins for the Miami Dolphins. Chargers, mm-hmm. they fired a coach. Patriots, haven't had a quarterback. Awful and team. About to not have a coach. Let's, let's not do that. Um, Bron- Broncos, at the time, terrible. Right? Absolutely terrible. Now, I, I give them credit because of the fact the way in which they won that game by 50 points. The Giants don't have a quarterback. Falling apart at the time. Like, they didn't have your boy Tommy DeVito. Panthers, no. worst team in the league. Yep. Patriots again. We just mentioned them. Raiders fired their coach, benched their quarterback. Jets, we know the story there. Tons of quarterback issues, obviously. The Commanders, they're going to fire their coach at the end of the season. The Jets again, 30 to nothing this past weekend with Zach Wilson concussion protocol having a terrible game. The rest of the season, you have the Cowboys at the Ravens and home against the Bills. This is not narrative. This is fact. The Miami Dolphins are a great football team that doesn't necessarily have the college football strength of schedule resume that would work in their favor. They have a chance to prove otherwise the rest of the season in the final three games and the playoffs. So everything that they have done has got, have gotten them to this place where they are in a great position to create this as a previous narrative instead of a factual statement that they don't have the college football strength of schedule great wins. Now here's the other part about this, Smalls, before we get to the two audio. They don't have to have a strength of schedule that is high up from a college football perspective. The NFL doesn't work that way. They may not have a single good win all year and still could make a run in the postseason. It's not crazy to think that could happen. But factually, as we have been pointing out, they don't have a great win this year. And since you went down the wins column, Evan, let's pivot over to the losses. You lost to Tennessee. 
which I think is the outlier of the group. You lost to the Chiefs, they right. lost to the Eagles, and they lost to the Bills. So they had three opportunities on their schedule up until this point to have a win over what we would deem to be a quality opponent if we're going to go down that road. And they lost the game. Now they have opportunities starting this weekend until the end of the regular season. But again, this is not narrative. You you have three losses against teams that we would expect you to beat if we're going to believe you are the team that you portray yourself to be. So let's now move to the two side of it, right? So I think we've done a pretty decent job of setting up what we, you and I are deeming to be fact and not narrative, right? Facts right. about the Dolphins. Facts. This is not the first time that they have heard that. They've heard that a bunch. Tua's heard a bunch. Hey, you're not as good without Tyree Kill. Well, factually, he wasn't as good with Tyree Kill. Factually, he's amazing with Tyree Kill. I don't hold that against Tua. I don't like, again, I have to take the same Brock Purdy approach. I don't want to hold against him what is not the intended purpose of their roster, right? Their intended purpose of the roster is to be with those guys, Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddell, and, and not without them. So he's great with them. That's what the team is built to be. Here's what Tua had to say. I keep receipts. We all we all have 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 a way of how we do things, but all the narratives about it, I am yeah, sure. I am only good with Tyreek and I that you're right. I am that is the only time I am at my best. You're right. I'm only good when Jalen's in. I I, I, <laughs> I could care less about it. Like, sure. Uh if Jalen and those guys are not, like I'm only as good as Raheem Mostert allows me to be. Like, that's what the narrative needs to be. And we're able to win games and we're able to go where we want to go as a team. I am the worst football player, if that's what you want. Like, I don't care. So whatever it is, whatever you need on your show, take clips out of what I just said. Do it. Do what you need to do like that. I'm just here to do my job. And my job is to help our guys win games. I love it. I love it. Love it, Smalls. Like, just play into it. Have fun with it. All right. I'm the worst quarterback in the league. Cool. That's no problem. Like, all right. I can't do anything without Terry. All right. Whatever. Great. Great. Like, love the – kudos to Tua. I think he handled it great. I know a lot of people probably don't. I think Tua did that perfectly, Smalls. You know why you and I love it so much, Evan? This is B-Rabbit and 8 Mile. I'm Go gonna, for it. I'm Do gonna, it. Do it. Do I'm it. not going to do the whole thing. But he's coming up there saying, I'm going to tell you all the negatives about me before you already say it yourself. And he has a legitimate beef because even though they don't have what we deem to be a quality win on their schedule, Tua has been having an outstanding season. He's – He is matching career highs. He is putting up big numbers. I mean, he's putting himself in Dolphins history alongside Dan Marino in some categories. Evan, he's the second quarterback in Dolphins history with multiple seasons with at least 25 passing touchdowns. The only other guy to do it, Dan Marino. He could go up there and give you fact after after fact after fact or stat after stat, but he doesn't because all he cares about is winning. And I love that about Tua. I love that he's keeping receipts as a motivating factor even though some of them might be legitimate. And I love that he leans into the self-deprecating, say whatever you want about me, all I care about is winning. I think that if that's your franchise quarterback, if you're the Dolphins, you have to be pleased with that response. Okay, but let's be clear as we come full circle. Everything we have said so far is factual. They have great amount of wins. They have a great amount of wins. They don't have a strength of schedule that would indicate great performance against great teams. That doesn't mean they can't still do that with the three games remaining and the playoffs. The Dolphins may win the Super Bowl this year. They may not. The reality is, so far, their wins are who they should be. That is your job. They cannot improve the record of the teams that they are scheduled to play. 
the next three games are going to tell us a lot about the Miami Dolphins. But the way they handle it, I'm cool. I'm cool with the way that both the coach, because he was himself, and the quarterback, because he was himself, handled that yesterday. Kudos to the Dolphins. Coming up, maybe the best unsportsmanlike moment of the day we've ever had, including a tour of a Hall of Famer's home by his feet. (laughs) Next, unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. Take it, Smalls. It's all you. Bring us back. (laughs) I can't speak to this. This is you. I don't know, Evan. You did call it the Lou. (laughs) I don't know if I can wrap this because they bleep out a lot of words. (laughs) I was just saying, take it back Meme from break. Hugs and shoulder shrugs. Oh, welcome back to Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN <laughs> But you can Radio. rap. My bad. No, no, go ahead, rap. No, 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 because I'm going to let a bad word come out, and we can't do it. But here's the best part coming up. You know this part, Evan. You can sing it. Bohemian when I sing it loud. I'm from the loo, and I'm proud. As you can see, broadcasting live from the beautiful studios of 101 ESPN here in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Midwest Michelle alongside Owen Cohen, also known as Chris, here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN. Also known as Evan, my real name. My God. (laughs) Man, oh, man. Unsportsmanlike moment of the day. Each and every day, we bring you something funny, something quirky, something weird in and around sports and entertainment. Yes, Smalls, before we get to this, anything else? Well, I was just thinking how when you're singing songs like that, it's really hard to do so if you know the unedited version. Because you bleep the wrong words sometimes, right? Well, it's just, it's muscle memory. So it's hard to <laughs> to not have those words come out, which is why I didn't want to do that. Yeah, probably not good to do on the radio. Probably uh, not. Yeah, probably not. All right. So um, maybe the most unsportsmanlike moment of the year, which was amazing for us so far in the short four or so months of our show. Joe Thomas is a Hall of Famer, okay? One of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play in the NFL. And earlier today, you can listen back on the ESPN app to our podcast, he joined us. And a big theme this week, since we've been in Florida, our producer Nuno got a pedicure, and Smalls has been asking everybody about pedicures, including Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, who now has a campaign slogan, pedicures in 24 for her big campaign. Uh, So she asked Joe Thomas about it. Joe Thomas said, yes, I actually do have pedicures. And in fact, my daughter gave me one with tiger stripes. Great question by Smalls. I saw the opening. I said, all right, let me now um, take advantage of that opening. And um, 
Joe on national television showed us his feet, and he was walking us around basically his home with his feet and the tiger stripes on his toes, as we're going to show on ESPNU. And you can follow us in the Dr. Pepper uh, social media at Unsports ESPN. Joe retweeted it as well. Uh, it is amazing, Smalls, to look at Joe Thomas's feet. I believe we have the audio of the whole interview. Oh, we do. Oh, okay. amazing. Well, okay. Literally, I did that because Pat Costello, who you just heard from, told me we didn't have the audio. So I did the whole setup. And now let's hear it again. <laughs> So Evans and West Palm, I was down there with him in Florida for the beginning of the week, and our producer, Nuno, was there with us. He's a guy who's never had a pedicure before, but got his very first pedicure in South Florida. So I need to know where you stand on guys getting manicures and pedicures. Uh, well, I love pedicures. Uh, I could show you I got half of one left that my daughter did for me about a month ago. That was awesome. She gave me tiger stripes on my right foot. And then didn't have time to do my left one. So when I took my shoes off for yoga class, all the ladies laugh at me uh, because I'm imbalanced, (laughs) even though yoga is supposed to be all about balance. But if you've never had a pedicure, don't be too tough and have too big of an ego to think that a pedicure does not feel amazing. Joe, can you do us a favor? You've already done us a favor by coming on and being great, as you always are. Can you do us a favor when you're done? Is there any way you could take a picture of those tiger stripe toenails and tweet it out? (laughs) At Joe Thomas, 73. Can we have yeah, that yeah. out there? Are you willing to do yeah, that, let Joe? Me, let me see if I can get my boot off. Oh, wait, he's going to do it now. Oh, oh, he's going to do it on ESPN, too. <laughs> this is we live are, TV. Are, I'm going to do play-by-play. Play. Live TV. Yeah. We are we're getting Joe Thomas to take his boot off and show us the tiger stripe. Let's see. Oh, there they are. There they are, the Joe yeah. Thomas tiger stripe toenails, thanks to his daughter. Unbelievable. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going to Germany to coach. Yeah, I mean, just an amazing. And and then he put his feet up, Smalls, by a fireplace. At, it's 6.15 in the morning his time when he was on with us, and he put his feet up, kind of, uh, like, walking us around his house there with his tiger-striped toenails. Okay, so everything he just said and did was amazing, but he gave us the little detail that his daughter had given him the pedicure a month ago, and when you actually look at his big toe, you can tell that the polish has grown out to be about halfway uh, down his toe, so he actually did probably have that for about a month and never took it off. How long does that last normally, like when you put the polish on there? Well, it depends on what kind of polish you do, Evan. If you do regular polish, it probably lasts, I don't know, a week or two because it will tend to chip. Mm-hmm. I get Russian gel manicures, so mine lasts five weeks. Um, I think a regular gel should last anywhere from three to four weeks, so it just kind of depends what you do. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, there you go. All right, now, we also have a couple of things. You know, Wednesdays on First Take, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN, always provide amazing, unsportsmanlike <laughs> moments with Christopher Mad Dog Russo, okay? Yes. And you remember there was the comments that Shaq made about Steph Curry being potentially the greatest of all time and Shaq's place in history, et cetera. Well, Doggy, Stephen A., and Jay Williams had this moment about Shaq on First Take yesterday. First off, we got to hear Shaq now do this. Shaq what? is, what, the fifth-best center in the history of the NBA? What? Fifth. What? what? Shaq. What do you mean, what? Well, who, who's the four Wait, ahead of Shaquille O'Neal? Have you, like you lost your you, you damn mind? For you? What? You want me Just to name sure, him? go ahead. Kareem. Go ahead. Kareem. Okay. Yeah. Will. No. Uh, I'm oh, not giving my. it to no, Will. No, you guys are crazy. No. You're not giving it to Will. No. You're not going to put Will Chamberlain, who averaged 50 points a game and scored Wait, a hundred in game Who is a you're foot nuts. taller you're than 99% of the league? Oh, yeah. The most nuts. dominant player in NBA history. Who was stopping Shaquille O'Neal and in who, any era? And who's uh, – Tim who? Duncan is better in, than he is. 
Tim Duncan's better. And well, I tell you, so, I, two I, other guys. I, that's not a center. Tim Duncan's better. Uh, uh, well, Elijah Wan is better. Who beat him four Two-time champion of Shaq's four. Shaq's no four. scoring titles to Shaq's two. What are you talking about? And I tell you, somebody else who's better. You can laugh where you want. I love Akeem, but he wants Shaq. Oh, he's a better player than Shaq. Oh, God, he's better. First off, he played Shaq and beat a four straight game. Define me better player. Tell me what better player means to you, doggy. I'm waiting for the definition, please. Okay, first off, who did Shaq beat in the NBA final in the pivot? It's not about who you beat. Oh, yes, it is. He beat Jason Collins, Rick Smiths, and who who was Philly center? And I'll tell you right now. All right, Tim is going crazy with that. But the, the thing is, we see it on ESPN. His hands are going crazy as he's doing this. But then it led also to, you know, he gives it the, the Stephen A's list on, on first take. Yes. But there's also Doggy's list yesterday of, uh, that Pat has here of the five worst things about Christmas, of course, <laughs> that Chris did. What are those things, Pat? Uh, number five was his mom's veal parm. <laughs> number four was church an hour early. Number three was Christmas presents under the tree. Because As he opposed hate, to he where? Hated, he hates having to go up and down the stairs to put them under the tree. Okay. okay. Two Christmas lights and who's hanging them. Some right. I don't. This one is insane to me. It's a wonderful life was number one. I don't. Just turn. Just don't watch it. And it's, it's an amazing movie. It's an amazing. It's like a top 50 movie ever. But you it's just incredible. don't have to watch it. Smalls, is there anything on that list that he's right about? That five most overrated or bad things about Christmas? That he's right about? Yes. I would never disparage my mother's cooking publicly. I go to midnight mass. I love the presents under the tree. I think It's a Wonderful Life is an all-time Christmas movie. And what was the second one? Uh, Christmas lights and I don't know. Yeah. yeah th- he was wrong tricky. on all of them. So those literally every single one that of them one I, you disagree with. No, about. that one I can co-sign with because if one of them goes out, it affects the whole strand. Greeny coming up next. We are on to Friday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.